Today's Hail to the District podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, and that's InTheGymRange.com. InTheGymRange provides in-depth information from the high school, college, and NBA landscapes. They cover all levels of hoops, from high school basketball all the way up through the pros, so make sure you go check them out. You can find a link to them on our website, or just simply visit www.InTheGymRange.com. And now, on to the podcast. Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. Welcome everyone to the Hail to the District podcast. I'm Rajan, and with the NBA season tipping off this Tuesday evening, I'm really excited to once again reassemble my friends, not Neil and John, to talk about the upcoming 2017-2018 NBA season. So today we're covering part one in our two-part NBA preview, and in the process, I thought what we do is we take a page out of our playbook from the couple of years of podcasts we've done in the past along these lines, and provide our top eight teams out in the West. We're going to start bottom-up, beginning with the eight seed, because there's going to be less and less intrigue as you get to the top, because you know the, the Western Conference is wide open for that number one seed. We have no idea who's going to win it this year. And Two through four is kind of interesting, though. They're... Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I the the one seed. I feel like it, it's anyone's game. It's not like there's a team that's going to win sixty eight to seventy games in the uh, uh, no seventy game winners this this year. Yeah, no chance. So we'll start out with the eight seed and move our way up, and then we'll kind of do the same thing in part two, covering the East. Um, but we'll make sure that we devote plenty of time to talk about the best team in the East tomorrow, which is the Chicago Bulls. Um, <laughs> but right now, we'll go ahead and start off. In the West, as I mentioned, um, there's a few teams you could prop. I don't want to say a few teams. The AC is going to be highly competitive. Yeah, it's going to be. Well, I think it's going to be more competitive in the East, personally. But we'll get. We'll save that for tomorrow's pod. Um, so I'll start off. I'll let you guys. I've been talking for the majority of this pod, so or the entirety of it so far. Who do you guys have as the number eight seed in your Western Conference playoffs? I have the Pelicans. The Pelicans. No way. No, I don't think so. Well, I mean, you really can't talk about the A seed if you don't talk about six, six, seven, five, six, seven, and eight because they, they really you could fall five, on two. five, six, seven, and eight. Wow. Yeah, I don't know how that's all going to fall, but I, I, I kind of have. I, I'm thinking Minnesota in the eight seed. Oh, you've got I just, Minnesota. In wow. Eight seed. I, I don't the, know. I, I just have don't much have higher. a lot yeah, of faith. So I have them higher, buddy. So we can go ahead, we can go ahead and start talking about that one because so I, I I will fully admit I'll admit when I'm wrong, which is more often than not. But I was all about them last year. I called them a 50 win team. They were exactly the opposite of that. They were basically yeah. a 50 loss team. Um, big off season thing. Jimmy Butler, obviously, and <laughs> giving 148 million dollars or whatever it was to um, what's his name to Andrew Wiggins, which is you know. Yeah, yeah, you got you had to pay him. I mean, you you had to kind of, you you, you kind of had to, but he get definitely not worth it. Yeah, he's definitely not. But you get rid of Rubio, you pull in like at least a reasonable role player in Jeff Teague. Jamal Crawford is now off your bench. I was um, gonna say Jeff Teague, Andrew Wiggins, Jimmy Butler, Taj Gibson, and Carl Anthony Towns. Is that really the eighth seed in the of the West? I'm like, I mean, that's. No, it can't, I don't. I, I, I just don't like the Jeff Teague fit. I don't think he fits because it's like you already have Wiggins and Butler who want to dominate the ball, I can and then that. you want to throw Jeff Teague in there, and they all take crappy mid-range shots. They're, none of them are particularly good three-point shooters, and you you got rid of Rubio to do this, and Rubio, to me, fit them 
better because Rubio is a distributor to give it to your ball hogs and was a reasonable defender. And it's like, isn't that kind of what would fit better as a point guard than a non-defensive crappy offense? <laughs> well, Jeff T's not crappy offensive, but he's hey, not. He's not what he was three years ago. He just kind of dabbles in everything, but he's good at nothing. Right. Yeah, he's a jack-of-all-trades kind of guy. But he's he's not a good defender. He He's an okay playmaker. But that's why you have Jimmy Butler. But you have Jimmy Butler. Right, but wouldn't you rather have a better defensive point guard that can distribute in occasionally? I don't know. But the great irony is that Tibbs had a defense-first point guard with great vision and couldn't stand him. And Ricky Rubio couldn't get, yeah. couldn't wait to trade him fast enough. By the way, Maryland's finest, Melo Trimble, is in Minnesota. I did not realize that. I didn't even think yeah. he was in the league. Yeah, yeah. Melo Trimble and Shabazz. Shabazz is still there. I can't believe wow. that. But Al Jefferson also could be. He's supposedly like you know had a decent off season in terms of trading and stuff. I'd be very curious to see if he's like gonna make any kind of difference. Um, where did you have him, Rajan? Like, what seed? Where did I have Minnesota? Yeah. Five. Yeah, me too. I yeah. had them at five. I had it at five. That's so, what I'm saying. But I think I think five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Like, you can just kind of mix them up, and they're, they're just going to kind of fall out. So, Neil, who did you have at eight? I had the Pelicans, and I oh, dropped. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. And, and, like, Utah and Portland were right on their heels. So I have the exact opposite. Well, I shouldn't say the exact opposite or the flip-flop. I have Utah at number eight. I think Utah is going to win every game by like a 60 to 59 margin. I don't think they're going to score anything. I just don't think anyone's going to score on them. And spoiler alert, I think now I have my qualms with the Spurs, which we'll get to in a little bit. But I think Rudy Gobert basically has a, has a red carpet to winning the Defensive Player of the Year award because that they're going to double down on that as their identity. Now that you have Ricky Rubio there, you're not even worried about playing point guard playing time anymore now that Dante Exum is injured again. So you have him, you have and ba- basically just a bunch of guys who are going to commit really hard to playing defense, moving the ball around, and then somebody's going to try to take the best shot to hope that the ball goes in. So again, a lot of 60 to 59 basketball in this well, they can, gun era. They'll get some scoring out of Rodney Hood and they still have what's left of Joe Johnson. Exactly. And if whatever there may be of Derek Favors and even, I can't believe I'm going to say this, Jonas Jarebko. But other than that, and so Donovan Mitchell's a nice add too, kind of like him. Like he's sixth man, microwave offense. Donovan Mitchell's nice. Yeah, seventh man even. So I kind of like them at the eighth seed. I, I don't know if New Orleans makes a top ten in my opinion. Yeah, I, very, I think they. I, well, I'm also that. delusional that I hope that they're terrible and they want to deal Demarcus Cousins. Let's so that's why I can't well, envision the, them getting yeah. AC. Yeah, so that's that's uh, that's a great point. Like this was if their roster stayed, I actually do think that they will end up just trading Mar- Demarcus by the end of the by the deadline. Um, so yeah, I could totally like I, I'm happy to admit I'm wrong, but well, as my, the roster stands, like I, I figure they could make at least eight. Let's just say for the sake of hypotheticals that DeMarcus Cousins had a no-trade seed, a tra- no-trade clause, rather. And you had this five plus whatever shit, an emphasis on the word shit, on their bench. Look at the – just look at how stupid this roster sounds. You have – so, okay, you have DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis, which I think it's going to pan out that 
putting the two of them on the same floor together was not a good idea. It was a great experiment or a great thought experiment. It's not going to work in fruition, in fruition or in real life. They just got to learn how to play the pick and roll. The big man pick and roll between those two guys would be But then you have Dar- Darius Miller, Drew Holiday, and Rajon Rondo. Rondo's hurt. Ron, okay, Rondo's hurt. So now you have Ian Clark there. Even <laughs> oh my God, they have Martel Webster. They have Martel Webster and, and Jordan, Jordan Crawford. Crawford. Oh, so Tito's Crawford. Crawford is there. Like, I'm going to go out. I'm going to. I'm going to go ahead and put my hot take hat on. If we're going to start this early in the podcast, I think they win less games than the Lakers. I'm just going to say it. I actually kind of like the Lakers as like the ninth or tenth seed in the in the conference, and I think they the Lakers finish ahead of uh, of New Orleans. So the Lakers are like projected at thirty two and a half wins. I like them. I like them a little over that. And you're and New Orleans is projected at forty and a half. And if I was betting an under, I'm absolutely going under on New Orleans. I think they win like thirty eight, thirty seven. If you the over under for New Orleans was thirty two and a half, like it is for the Lakers, I still have a hard time with that line. That's my personal opinion. Wow, that, yeah. that's, that's how their their roster bad. is. It's just pretty bad. ugly. They still have Omar Sheik. Hey, don't be hating on Omar. Oh my god, and he's making a he's still making boatloads of money. They got Solomon Hill, whose profile picture he looks fat in, so you know that can't be good. <laughs> yeah, there's. They have Perry Jones the third. I can't believe that guy is still in the league. There's talk no, about all potential and, and no no heart. There's just nothing there. Like what are you? What am I supposed no. to be excited about? I mean, okay, you have the you have two top seventeen players, probably higher than that, if we're being honest. But it's like it's a little bit of a you know cocaine and waffles fit. Like they just don't work together. Yeah, no, I, there, there's no way that uh, they they make the play. And you have the Jordan playoff. Cheetos Crawford. Man, I can't Cheeto. believe. I, yeah, I can't believe he weaseled his way back in the league. But, you know, if you were going to make it on an NBA team, you, you might as well make it on a – basically you have two all-stars and D-leaguers. That's the – well, Andrew Holiday. He's not a D-leaguer. But the rest of their team is legitimately just D-league guys. I love listening to the Simmons podcast where they have this ongoing debate of where is Drew Holiday because every time I listen to them, I'm like, no, you're right. Drew Holiday is not a top 17, top 18 point guard. I'm sorry, he's not. I'm sure he's a wonderful guy from all accounts. He's a delightful person. He's not a top 17 or 18 point guard, in my opinion. Not anymore. He, uh, he When he was in uh, Philly, he was very good. But, yeah, those, those years are long behind him. So to your point, John, I think the six, seven seeds are kind of hodgepodged in there. So we can kind of combine them and, and talk about them both. Um, who do you guys have as six and seven? I have uh, Denver. And the Clippers. I, I'm going to have to, since I already shoved Minnesota down, uh, it would have to be Denver and I, I think Portland somehow weasels their way in. Interesting. So I have the Clip Show in Portland as six. Wow, and wait, seven. you have the Clippers out of the playoffs. Yeah, wait, does somebody, do you guys have the Clippers out of the playoffs? I have the Clippers at five. Oh, wow. oh that's right. I see, I see. Okay. And that's yeah, where I would you have. Push, you pushed Minnesota down. I right. pushed Minnesota okay. down. I just, I don't know. I just don't. Something just doesn't smell right in, in a Timberwolf. I, I just town can't trust a team that has DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin as your two. Like you know, I, I think I think I just don't like that team at all. Like not not for like a high seed, like the fifth. I, I think they'll be surprising. 
Oh, uh, you know what? I miscounted. I had Utah at nine, not eight. I have Portland at eight. And so I have Portland at eight, the Clippers at seven, and Denver at six. I had Utah just as the as uh, the nine seed, so that's my fault. I miscounted. I, I have this uh, weird Ewing theory with uh, Chris Paul and the Clippers. Because I think Patrick Beverly, I don't think he's a bad player. I think they also picked up some some uh, other role players. Uh, didn't they get Gallinari? They have Gallinari. Yeah, they yeah, have. And him. They but got, he, when has he been like relevant? Like when he's was the good last when he plays. Right. There's a lot of but good when they he, plays. He, yeah, but he doesn't he's play hurt a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it and and Blake is phenomenal when he plays. Actually, he had a really nice end of the season. And I think with Paul out of the way, I think he gets to be their primary uh, playmaker. And I think he's going to have a, a really good year. And then Dior, Jordan's just going to, you know, dunk basketballs and sit on the bench in the fourth quarter. So if I had to give the Los Angeles Clippers like a band name or like, if you know, a front man in a band name, I would give them the band name of Patrick Beverly and the Bitches. <laughs> That's uh, I don't know if you want Patrick Beverly as your headliner though. Right, so that's literally what my <laughs> team name for this. For Dude, the Patrick is. Beverly's a bad little man. Patrick Beverly is a good player. Austin Rivers, Danilo Gallinari, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan are a bunch of bitches. I'm sorry. You know yeah. Austin Rivers. They also have a like only. He's eventually going to start. He is. Yeah. Right now he's slated as the starting two guard over Lou Williams. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. Oh yeah, because they lost uh, Redick, right? But they got the Serbian. Milos, yeah, Milos Dosic is, every, is everyone's new favorite internet superstar. Who's and that's 30 fun. years old and plays no defense and eats lots of hamburgers. Right. The hamburgers and cigarettes diet, and, which is Honda work in the NBA. Um, Lou Williams is there. That's fine. We're all fans of Lou Williams. Oh, they have Wes Johnson. That's interesting. Yeah. So I like, they, I like their players on the bench. I kind of like Montreal. They got Carroll. some nice depth I from like that Decker. Houston trade. I yeah. really like Cinderius Thornwell, who they took in the draft. That guy was really good in the Final Four tournament last year. Like basically, he was the the main guy on South Car- excuse me South Carolina when they got to the Final Four. Like I really liked him, but that starting five is just ugh. I, I, you could you could even talk me that putting Portland over um, putting them behind Portland, and I, I wouldn't fight you for it. I like their bench, but I like their starters outside of Patrick Beverly. I mean, Gallinari's a nice player. To your point, just doesn't play. Yeah, I but if they get I fifty games out of them, you know, I don't think they're getting more than fifty games. But that's what I'm saying. I think like the basically the five, six, seven, and eight seeds are all winning like forty four games because they're right, going to so be getting beat up by the rest of the uh, West. So upper then moving up to the six seed, I have Denver. You guys have Denver as well. I have Denver there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Denver's so Denver kind of reminds me a little bit of the Wizards, and I can't believe I'm going to say that because it's wow. I really like the starting. I'm not saying from a success standpoint, but I'm saying from the standpoint of I like the starting five, but the bench falls off a cliff for me. Oh, you don't like Jameer Nelson and Mason Plumley? Yeah, exactly. Point case. Well overpaid Mason (laughs) Plumley. Their depth is their wing depth, you know, because they they have Will Barton, Gary Harris, uh, Wilson Chandler still. Pardon? They have Kenneth Fareed still. They still have Kenneth Fareed, who they need to ditch. Another guy that I can't believe is still in the league, Josh Childress. How did that happen? How did that happen? Yeah. He's still on I, that team? I can't believe he's not like 
Uh, never mind, I won't say, but I, I can't believe he's not somewhere in China with a needle hanging out of his arm. <laughs> That's eloquent. I yeah. want to see if Moutier can, like, you know, make a so make a leap this year. It sounds like they hate Moutier. Like, they can't wait to dump he's him. He's a bomb. Yeah. Yeah, he's a bomb. Uh, he has he had so much potential. Exactly. Well, that's what they're going to try and sell some team on. That's yeah, he's, like he's only Ray... like 23. He, he can totally, so, totally be awesome. That's like what I saw in like Ray Felton. Like, the dude had like so much skill. He was like going to be so good. And then like he just couldn't, couldn't live. <laughs> he just ate. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a pretty, pretty sensible way to put it. <laughs> uh, I also think this team is going to be a little defensively challenged considering they got a bunch of chuckers. Um, Paul Millsap is a good player. He's, Paul Millsap's a really nice signing. He's just on the kind of the wrong side of the aging spectrum. You have the and joke. he's going to try to dominate, right? Like he's going to try to like own the team and like have everything go through him. I think, and I don't no, think that's the way this that can't so. that absolutely can't work because the ball's got to go through the big man. The, the Joker's got to control the offense, and I mean that guy. Man. His passing is just phenomenal. I love watching him. I'll, I will, if I get bored, I put on Jokic passing highlight YouTube videos, and I'm just like, <laughs> it's fantastic. He, he's I'm, great. I'm looking for any excuse for m- my job to send me out to Colorado so I can go watch a Nuggets game with our buddy Tim. I'm not even saying that from a family, from a bias standpoint. Denver is a great city outside of the whole being cold and stuff like that, which really sucks. But like, yeah, Denver's a phenomenal city. I, I, I would put it in the top seven cities i would live in it's really good the amount of hot women there is astounding every time i go there and i'm like good lord and like, you would be surprised like it's denver but man that notwithstanding um yeah i like i think jamal murray gary harris wilson chandler paul Millsap, uh and the, and the joker I, I really like their starting five. It's just, every, like I said, everything after that. Barton's fine, but then Nelson Moutier, Hernan Gomez, Plumlee, and Kenneth Farid, who they also hate. Ugh. Like, that's... There's, uh... I don't know how I feel about 43 and a half wins, though. I'm going to take the under on that. Even yeah. though I have them at six, I guess that's like pretty hard to have a six seed at. Yeah, no, yes, they have to be over have. 44 wins to be the sixth seed. Yeah. 43. Man, there's so much other garbage in the league. That's that's yeah. the thing. It depends what... If, if they get some nice Eastern matchups, I mean, they're just going to mop the floor with some of the Eastern teams. So we'll talk about them in the Eastern podcast, but man, there's a lot of bad teams in the bottom of the East. <laughs> like, there's just some bad, bad teams. I mean, the, the only bad... The only bad teams in the West really is Phoenix and Sacramento and Dallas. But I still think Dallas is going to be Dallas will get some wins because they'll play with pride. I think Dallas will be a fun bad team, but that's about it. Oh, yeah. Well, Dirk's still going to do Dirk things, and I think Dennis Smith is just going to do angry dunking things on uh, de- defenders. I mean, he's going to have free reign to do whatever he wants. Right? I, I'm worried. There's a he's l- my rookie of the year. Yeah, he's my rookie of the yeah. year as well. I'm in my preseason column. I'm writing. Uh, he's a, he's my rookie of the year. I, I worry he has a little too much Stevie franchise in him, but uh, he, I think, and the voters love empty stats. That's why Michael Carter Williams won rookie of the year. And I feel like if there's anyone who's going to put up big numbers of empty stats, it's going to be Dennis Smith. Yep. And he's 
he's the only one that's really getting minutes because none of, I mean, Fultz is going to get minutes, but the rest of the, the, a lot of the rest of the lottery picks aren't going to get starting minute time. I think Lonzo is going to get a lot of starting time. But Lonzo, I think yeah. His play, yeah, Lonzo is definitely getting minutes. His numbers are going to be more assist oriented and his, he's much more about orchestrating the game than he is about like putting up the big numbers. Um, right. I, I don't, and we'll talk about this more tomorrow with the, the Phoenix, uh, the Phoenix, the Eastern podcast. I don't want to toot my horn, but we can go back, and I would love to go back at some point. I said it back then. I'm just going to toot my horn briefly right now. I wasn't all that impressed with Markel Fultz at that time, and so far, it's very early. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't look that good. The returns aren't promising, so you shouldn't be altering your jump shot. Well, early in the game. yeah, exactly. He altered his jump shot like after signing. I mean, that's just not a smart thing. I, to I right thought now. he said he was working on that pre-draft. No, it's been recently still, and it looks kind of yeah. whack. Yeah. Anyway, staying back on point. So we talked about five. I have Minnesota at five. John, you have the Clips at five? Yeah, sure, why not? Just to be uh, difficult. Yeah, it's fine. I got to put the bitches somewhere. It's fine by me. Neil yeah, has- I, I, again, I think all these teams, they're in that 44-win range. I think the Clippers can win 44-45, and if the other ones win 43-44, they, they'll capture that fifth seed. Yeah, I have the Port- Portland Clippers in nuggets right around the 42 to 44 range that's just that's where they're going to be 41 to 44 range and then i think minnesota should flirt with 50 i think 50 would be a little too rich but maybe i'm mistaken. they're, they're over unders 46 and a half i right. i'm i'll take the i'll take the over i'm taking the slide but it's over definitely going to be under 50 it'll yeah. be under 50 i'm just not touching that one because i i think i think they're probably they could go 47 46 this is Thibs. Like, if Thibs doesn't succeed here, then he's. You know, I don't know what to say about his ability as a coach because he has his locker room presence now. He has two solid guys who are going to preach defensive his, rebounding. Yep. He's gonna. They're gonna preach Thibism. I mean, they have Taj and they have Butler. So, like, those are gonna be. You know, if he doesn't have, if he doesn't win with those two guys, I don't see. I don't they, see how they did strip him out. of his uh, presidential uh, duties, right? I don't think so. I don't. I didn't hear that. Did they? Okay. So, so he's the only one left then, because Doc doesn't have it, and I don't think Stan Van Gundy has it anymore either. I can't remember Van Gundy. I know Doc doesn't. Um, I, I, I was Neil. There's, I'm, there's nothing that tells me that Tim's okay. got it removed. Well, we all know that's just a bad recipe. It's a horrible yeah, recipe. It is. It I just, is. Ah, I just don't. I guess I'm still freaked out from last year where they really underwhelmed. And I'm like, I know you got better, but did you get 10 games better? See, as soon as Carl Anthony Towns learns how to rotate on defense or like, you know, move his feet on defense, like then they have a, like a completely different team. Which and should I have not to be that hard when you're that athletic. Yeah. And so I just have to hope that Butler is berating him during practice or that a 30 year old Todd Gibson is dunking over the dude. Wasn't so, um, Wiggins' big thing coming out of college? Was they're like, yeah, his scoring kind of sucks, but the the guy can play great defense, and then he gets in the pros, and he's just terrible. It's literally, it's exactly what you just said. This scouting report is literally the opposite of what he's become in the NBA. He's a he's an empty scoring chucker who can't defend, and he was literally projected to be the opposite of that. He's projected to be Scottie Pippen with a weaker jump shot. Right. So I mean, maybe. Maybe he picks it up this year because the, the biggest thing about uh, playing defense is effort. 
And oh, if he actually puts forth him in towns, put forth the effort, I mean, that that's going to be good for a, a pretty drastic improvement. This might be a silly statement, but I feel like bringing Tibbs is never is not a bad thing per se, but you have too many personalities now in that locker room, and I feel like it should have been much more about raising, so quote-unquote, Carl Anthony Towns. But when you bring in your guys, when you bring in Butler and Gibson, and I know Teague is not one of a Tibbs guys, but bringing in another Teague, you have a lot more mouths to fill, feed, and how much does that detract from the fact that you've got to kind of you know push Carl Anthony Towns to get better and, and give him those reps and those opportunities? I, I think that uh, they'll still, like focus on towns i think everybody agrees that he's probably one of the top people to build a team around but i think like just having somebody who wants to win and works as hard as butler will rub off on the young guns but didn't I think butler that, I think also rub a lot of players the wrong way yeah because he bits them out for not trying i mean he really hated the work ethic well, he, of noah and rose i mean those guys you know apparently didn't do shit what if wiggins and towns uh just don't fit yeah, him. but it, I don't think Wiggins and Towns are going to think they're Oscar Richardson like Derrick Rose did. Yeah, I'm hoping they're young enough Oscar to realize Robertson, they have something to ask. Yeah. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, Oscar Robertson, sorry. It's like the poet? Derrick, Roberts, Derrick Rose still thinks he's Oscar Robertson, but that notwithstanding. Hey guys, it's Rajan. So if you're enjoying today's NBA podcast, please do me a favor and go check out a couple of other podcasts who are kind enough to sponsor this discussion we're having today. The first sponsor is called the Your Weekly Top 6 Podcast. With the goal of engendering discussion and discourse amongst the population, Your Weekly Top 6 features strong-minded and bullheaded friends Michael Tochi and Adam Lees offering their top 6 choices on topics spanning the entire spectrum that is the experience of life. Listen as they berate each other and tackle topics ranging from guilty pleasures, convenience store candy, senior crushes, TV theme songs, and anything else in between, while inviting you to offer your own commentary. Their hope is that it serves to foster debate between you, your family, your friends, your colleagues, your estranged relatives, and even future enemies. You can find your weekly Top 6 podcast on iTunes and the Google Play Store, so make sure you go check them out because you deserve a little more. And the second podcast I want you to go check out is called The Healthy Lifestyle Show. Visit www.healthylifestylepodcast and subscribe to the Healthy Lifestyle Podcast to learn more about creating a balanced diet that can boost your energy levels and improve your overall health. And now, back to the NBA podcast. I feel like he's learned. He's he's. Uh, I think that last contract has kind of humbled him a bit. I hope it has. But uh, yeah, who knows? We'll see how he does now that he's going to be a starter for a while. God, I can't believe that. That's a sad state of affairs. <laughs> I have some interesting thoughts on the on the Cavaliers. I'm, I'm looking forward to the next to the next section in the next uh, recording <laughs> session. Um, okay, so we know who the four top teams are in the West, especially after the big couple of moves over the last month or so. The question is, what order do we have them in? So I'll take this one starting at four. Shouldn't be much of a surprise, but it was closer than I thought it would be. But I have Oklahoma City at four. Yeah, I have the Spurs at four. I I kind of think I kind of think the Spurs slip. I kick the tires a lot on the Spurs at four. I I will admit that as well. Um, Basically, it's Kawhi Leonard and old Lamarcus dudes. and Lamarcus Aldridge, who I think is still a bum, and then a bunch of old people. So yeah. my point to that: agree with everything you guys said. 
their starting five, I'm putting Tony Parker as a bench right now just because he's coming back from yet another injury. Right. So your starting five is Patty Mills, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, LaMarcus Aldridge, and one-year-old or Pau Gasol. And then your bench yeah. is essentially T- is Tony Parker, Dejunte, Dejunte, I don't know how we pronounce his name, but Murray, Murray. Manu Ginobili, and whatever you get from Rudy Gay and his one Achilles tendon. The Rudy Gay signing actually kind of like for for their perspective because it's it's a it's another old guy. I don't like well, it at all. It was a low risk, some potential reward. See, then they should they should have signed Vince Carter instead of Rudy Gay. I would have been all about that. I think that would have been and a great signing. Where did Vince Carter end up? I'm Sacked blanking. Him. That's what I thought. <laughs> good they lord! Him. They paid him good money, man. They paid him really good money, though. I think him and uh, him and Zebo are gonna be. Uh, <laughs> you know, Vivek trafficking is drugs. There. Vivek is like, we will have dunk contest every day, and Vince will win because <laughs> he doesn't doesn't know any better. They'll just put him out at halftime, right? It'll be the half. Dude, he could still do it. He can, man. I've I've seen I've watched the videos. It's like holy crap, he's the same guy. How how did he? How's he? Isn't he forty? Yeah, he's forty. Amazing. Yep. I think Pop is good enough to get forty-four. Oh, excuse me, fifty-four, fifty-five wins out of this group. But oh, absolutely. The problem is, I think they're going to be they're going to run out of gas really quickly when it comes to the playoffs, just like last year. Because Lamarcus Aldridge cannot play when the lights are bright. Lamarcus Aldridge, speaking of bitches, is another colossal bitch. Yeah, but and, they were giving Golden they, State. Fix yeah. until Kawhi Zaza. got hurt. Yeah, until Zaza like undercut Kawhi. Zaza's such a bitch. He is. He's more of a bitch than Olenek. But he's got a ring. Yeah. So does JaVale McGee. Ugh. <laughs> so There's... is Nick Young in, what, nine months? <laughs> if you want to see someone really melt down, go tell Charles Barkley that JaVale McGee has a ring and just Gonna be the biggest mockery in all the sports. Yeah, um, yeah. San Antonio's over under is fifty three and a half, and you, you kind of want to go over. I I wanted I to take talk the under. The, I wanted to talk myself into the under. I'm just not going to go. I, I think the starting you can't five go against is, them, right? I can't go against Pop, and I can't go. The starting five is not that bad. It's like if you really sit and look at it: Patty Mills, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, Lamarcus Aldridge, Pau Gasol. From a regular season perspective, that's not a bad starting five. I hate it in the playoffs because then it's basically just Kawhi Leonard, and they and they, they like it's really hard to watch their offense in the playoffs. It's very much a clogged toilet. Like no one can score. Yeah, their depth is poo poo. So going back to Oklahoma City for a second, how do we really feel about this team? I'm it's gonna actually, be fun. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, I the, think it's gonna be fun. I I think they've recovered as well as any team could after losing Kevin Durant. So they ended it, up making deals that, that, that land them Paul George, even though it's for one year and uh, Carmelo. I mean, that's not a terrible consolation prize. I they will fill the seats. Absolutely. Sam, Sam Presti's got executive of the year locked up once they make the top four in the West. Like that's, that's just easy. Like he's going to win that award. Probably should win that award for stealing away Paul George and Carmelo Anthony in one off season. Um, Steven Adams is going to do all the dirty work. He's and just going to bust people up and grab boards. Who's going to play defense on this team though? Roberson. Roberson. Besides Roberson. And, and There's Paul George, and 
Russ can if he wants to. Steven Russ Adams has, will also. Steven Adams plays D. It, Russ only, hasn't, played, hasn't played defense since the first year, his first year in the league. Could, he's, he's got a, quite a few steals, I think, under his belt, right? Yeah. Steals doesn't mean you're a good defender. Exactly. No, I know, but he, he can, you like, gamble a lot. You gamble a lot, but you, you like, forcing turnovers is, is a, uh, you know, is pretty important when you're, especially if you're as fast as Russ and you can just put it in the hole basically right after. I mean, their only defensive liability is mellow. Then you just hide him. If Paul George gets melees, he starts to become a defensive liability too. Paul George, when he's locked in, is not a defensive liability. He's a good defensive player. But Paul George, if he starts having on one, uh, one eye on L.A., becomes a defensive liability. Yeah. Well, I think, but, I I think mean, Russ and Paul George are going to have eyes on L.A. Didn't know Russ signed this. Russ signed his extension. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Never yeah. mind. So yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's not going. He's off that table for now. So the whole like Russ and and uh, LeBron to to Lakerland definitely is not happening. Yeah, George and LeBron to Lakerland is still probably that's still in play. If that was a bet in Vegas, I'm sure it is somewhere. That's like a minus one thousand bet about him and about. Paul George and LeBron going to LA. Like, there's no no point even trying to take that bet. Do you think he tries to bring Dwayne Wade with him? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, the the other curious one would be LeBron to Houston. No. Just something to throw out there, you know. So then we have the top two consensus. Shouldn't be any surprise. Um, we have Houston. Houston. And then we have the Phoenix Suns. I mean, the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I mean, Houston adding Chris Paul, I think that, I mean, I don't think they got worse. I don't know if it's, they lost a few things on their defense, but, uh, you know. They're going to miss Beverly. I I think Beverly fit really well with uh, Harden because he would do all the the dirty work on the other end, and and he occasionally would get hot. It's going to be interesting to see how Paul and Harden can play off each other and kind of share the ball, which they should be able to. But the real advantage is they can stagger those guys, and they're going to have basically, you know, a full game of awesome point guard play. Yeah, I think that's the thing that was missing last year is just there's always going to be a stud on the court. Yeah. So the, you can never put a second unit in against them. They'll just get demolished. The question which everyone's been asking is that three seconds left, down by two, who takes the shot? Harden. Mm, whoever's, whoever's open, whoever's got the better look. You think Chris and little Chris are going to be okay with Harden taking the shot? Actually, isn't Harden kind of a choker? No. No. Only in the playoffs. Only in the playoffs. Good lord, that was a bad performance in the playoffs last year. Yeah. That's, <laughs> see, he doesn't choke like on final shots. He just wilts in the playoffs, period. Oh, man. How different would the league be if uh, he had not like choked against Miami? And then, so yeah. back then, though. I know he was, but like instead of instead of giving up Harden, like, you know, and keeping Kendrick frickin' Perkins. That's the biggest uh, mistake ever. Dude. I mean, who's still in the league? <laughs> <laughs> what? The dude is he on took, Cleveland? The dude who he is on Cleveland. Oh my god! Yeah, the dude who took eight steps is still in the league. Freaking fantastic! Uh, and the dude will make more money in one year than I'll make in my entire life. Freaking amazing! 
and he has the education of a seventh grader. <laughs> so did you did I send around that link? There was that show that like Paul George and and um not Paul George, Paul Pierce and, and Kevin Garnett, they had that show on Yahoo or something. Right. And and so anyway, I mean, they said it then, but they've also said in multiple uh, multiple other instances that Kendrick Perkins is the most connected player in the NBA. And like he knows everything about everybody, and he's one of those guys he has like everybody's cell phone number, he knows everybody's dirty laundry. He's kind of like the not gossip hub, but information hub of everybody. It's like him and Chris Paul were like Chris Paul was friends with everybody until he plays with them. But like Kendrick Perkins is like everyone's best friend. Like people will die by Kendrick Perkins. Wow, I had no idea, but yeah. I mean you gotta be good at something. I mean I could see that. He was Boston's massive glue guy. And even when he was briefly in Oklahoma City, like those players, uh, well, most of them, probably except Russ, like everyone like adored him. <laughs> I think he was like Kevin Durant's best friend. He was. He he definitely was a big friend of him, of his. So he's just one of those guys. Of course, you know he takes eight steps when he's on the court. But so you just he's a he's a reasonable locker room guy. Then you just need you need somebody like that in the locker room. All right, fair enough. I still hate him. The other question I have for Houston is the bench. Um, Eric Gordon, can you really expect another season out of him? Another good season. Like he was really good last year, sixth man of the year. Um, then you have so PJ Tucker was a really solid, sneaky signing. Like that PJ was a, Tucker's nasty. That was yeah, a that's great a great signing. signing. But then Luke Richard Mbambute, one of my favorite names to say till this day, like is kind of a really crackhead version of PJ Tucker already. And then you have yeah, everyone, redundant. everyone's favorite Nene. You know, preaching Nene, about Nene's a good, good role player. Yeah, he is, especially after the when he's healthy. When he's healthy, especially when he's only playing playing for twenty mil a year instead of the fourteen mil he was in Washington. The two mil. Used to I think. Really- I think Eric Gordon. He probably won't have as crazy of a year, but he's not going to like regress like tremendously. He's still going to hit shots. Yeah. I mean, the guy's a dead eye. He's still going to hit shots, and he's going to have open looks. And what you got to do is like, and then Chris Trevor is going to hit a few more threes too. Yeah. The, the, their only liability is Ryan Anderson is still unplayable in the yeah. playoffs. The, their best lineup would have to look like something like a CP3, Harden, Gordon, Ariza, and then Capella at center. Or even right. Tucker at center type of lineup, where they just go small and, and you know get rid of Capello. They can't play Ryan Anderson on the floor. I mean, they can from a purely offensive standpoint, but coming to the playoffs, no, that's an enormous liability. Yeah, no, I, I would think you're either playing PJ Tucker or Eric Gordon. So, do we have anything interesting to say about the Golden State Warriors outside of the obvious? How many wins do they get? Fun as hell to watch. So, if they turned into like the everybody loves them and they're so cool to now it's like how can i root for this team like i i I need to see them lose now because they've gotten too good i'm not there yet i'm not there yet either i would love to see another one i think some people are starting to get there or have gotten there i mean people were there as soon as durant joined right i mean yeah but i wanted to see durant get a ring because he deserves it I still think they play basketball the right way. They've done everything right. Like, what's the, what is the antithesis outside of wanting to see them lose? 
There's no polarizing individual player on this. Maybe says Draymond Green, but Draymond Green's just funny. The dick kicking is just funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, Best video game ever. He's so good at like trash talk too. Like that turns off people. I think people are still turned off at like Kevin Durant joining. People are them. still really turned off like, about Durant. Yeah, and, and then him trolling his fans. Dude, that Twitter thing is so stupid. Like, why? Like, uh I don't know why he wasted. It's like, dude, don't you have better things to do with your time? That was my thought. Like, but he, why? how old is he? Like, I didn't think it was that awful. Guys. How old is he? He's um, fucking kids, man. He's a kid. Yeah. I was, I still say it. I, I was pr- pretty dumb at uh, 26. Yeah. I 29. I was, uh, I was starting to mature at 29. Nah, he's he's like got millions of people who look at who look who like follow his every move. He's single, as far as I know. I mean, the dude, yeah. like, yeah. I think I think I don't know. He has more money than he'll ever know what to do with. Like, yeah, who cares? He he really should have just had. I just can't believe he didn't have better things to do. Why couldn't he just outsource the trolling to the Russians or something? Lord knows they're right. good at this. Or <laughs> one of his little. Peon homeboys. Right. Yeah, that's the key is just like get one of your buddies to like run that account and just tell them what to say. I'm going to do that. I'm actually going to hire a bunch of people in India and pay them not a lot of money and then just have them follow me on social media and be like, everything this guy says is amazing. Do they have a. There are people uh, that do that, right? I'm sure they they have a Fiverr. That already exists. Do they have a fiver, but in rupees in it for Indian? Are you kidding? A fi- uh, $5 in India is what? It's, 20, it's 250 rupees. So No, I know. But if, I mean, then just do fiver, but in rupees. Exactly. Like five rupees. No, five rupees. Oh, that's five rupees up. is worthless. <laughs> Not to Indians. <laughs> no, even to them it is. Uh, yeah, who's who... Uh, so is Katie gonna? Do you think Steph Curry is gonna try to take back the reins of the team, or do you think they're just none of them are gonna care? I don't think they care. I think they just want to win. Yeah, I kind of think, think Durant's gonna. Co- I don't want to say coast a little bit, but I don't think he's gonna come out quite as much on fire or like quite as like motivated as uh, as previously. Not that he's the type of guy who's gonna rest on his laurels. I kind of feel like this is gonna be Steph. Steph Curry is gonna tr- is not gonna reassert himself, but it's just gonna happen organically. Clay's the one I worry about. I I think at some point he's gonna want to get out. From everything get we've his heard, though, thing. he really loves it there. Yeah, and like he's not yeah. mo- motivated to leave and be like, all right, I need to be the alpha dog on my own team. Money but, money changes money things, changes I mean. everything. I mean, sure. And it, it, he's I, making almost half of what Steph Curry's making. But they have, but they have everything worked out to a point that they can just continue to max out their guys, pay the luxury tax, exactly. and just sign hobos like Nick Young that want a ring, <laughs> and then use buy second-round picks and get great players like Jordan Bell to fill out your bench. Hey, Neil, oh my god, they who, stumbled on that. Do you know uh, who they bought Jordan Bell from? I, I can't remember off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, I don't remember who like was dumb enough to give up their that pick for cash. You know, it was but, a it was a high amount for the pick. It was yeah, maybe maybe it was a team that was also dumb enough to trade away like a really good player for a bum or pass and on an a injured lot of guy. Three bumps. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> I like can't even like look forward to the season, man. You really like, can't. If I was in your <laughs> position, there's there's 
I, it's just, well, what are you supposed to look forward to? <laughs> the draft, the lottery. Right, yes, exactly. <laughs> I, you that's should be watching college basketball, yeah, and that's basically. it. Just highlight the top like four guys, and just watch whenever they're on, and be like, "Yeah, that's the one I want to play on the Bulls." Unfortunately, two of them, I think, are like on Duke. So enjoy that. Mm. I've never cared what college they're from. Yeah, I do. If they're from Duke, you don't care if they're good as long as they get on your team. There it is. Oh man, they still have David West. Yeah. I like that dude. On Iguodala was the uh, was the big was the big signing. And Livingston, those guys. Iguodala was inches away from I think going to Houston. Was the deal that he had? He had he had he had so many deals in place. He had one with the Lakers. Wasn't Minnesota a thing for a second? That was a thing for a second, and he had one with Houston. I thought Houston was the last one where he was he was out the door. And ready to go, and then that's when um, Bob Myers called him up and said, "I talked to ownership. I can get you the money. Sign this." And and they they kept him. From yeah, every, it was Houston. From everything I've read, they've got a team of guys in Golden State who are doing nothing but crunching the numbers and figuring out based off this new arena and all the insane amount of revenue that they're going to be making over the next few years, how much luxury tax is going to cost to keep all these guys if they can pay them the all the maximum amount of salary that's viable within the constraints of the cap. And they're ready for this. Like they, they're just they're taking a two steps ahead approach. And I think that's why we've talked about this, why I like them, because they're being innovative in the way they're approaching this. They're not just doing it like out of pure coincidence or because they can. Like they're doing it in a way because they're thinking two steps ahead and able to accomplish this. I mean, the idea of having Steph, Clay, and Draymond at max or near max contracts, and then you somehow figure out a way to get in Kevin Durant, hey man, that's capitalism. You did it, you did it right. Well they they also lucked into it because it was the perfect storm yeah, that allowed exactly. them to do it. Like there's no other off season where they could have managed that, but they're not going to be like one of these NFL. But now they can sustain it, where they have to like strip everything for parts because they can't just afford it anymore. Or like Ernie yeah. Grunfeld, who's going to have to, you know, who's going to overpay for someone, pay the luxury tax, get yelled at for paying the luxury tax, and then pay someone to pay for to take away his overpay. Yeah, he'll he'll trade away first round pick just to dump Jan Mahimi. Can't wait. That's to talk coming. About that one too. Can't wait for that to come. No, th- yeah. Gold State's totally willing to spend $200 million in luxury tax. $200 million on absolutely nothing. Right. Literally take and piss it away. It's like, can we at least, like, consult, like, the NBA and say, can you, like, please, instead of, like, sharing this with the rest of your rich-ass owners, can you maybe do something positive for the country and and humanity as a whole? Because that's a lot of freaking money. For nothing. What do you think they would do with it, though? Like, strippers and coke. I don't. I don't see what they would do for humanity. Uh-huh. I don't know how. I don't know how you would even. You'll just give it to people who will then just, you know, keep it. Yeah, <laughs> they gotta yep. pay for those rich, those rich men's Botox and their, yeah, you know, their trophy girlfriends and wives Botox. You gotta pay for charity overhead, and somehow that amounts to like a crap load of money. So right, charity overhead. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Administrative costs. Love that. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts on the Western Conference? Anything we haven't covered so far? Golden well, State's going to win. Nick Young going to get a ring. Yep. <laughs> if you want to pr- prove that life is not fair, Nick Young is going to get a ring. Before John Wall. JaVale McGee will have two rings before John Wall gets a ring. As much as I made fun of the Bulls, I had that one coming. 
Yeah. I should have. I, yeah. <laughs> I had that one coming. At, no matter what, the universe will find a way to remind you that you're a DC sports fan. It's just, that's how life works. Yeah, we call that every postseason that a DC sports team's in. Yep. <laughs> we should just stop watching the deciding games. Like when the Wizards play whoever they play in game seven, why watch? We know the outcome. We're over yep. 13. It's just going to be over 14. Yeah. Yep. On that a highly exhilarating note, that's it for our Western Conference Preview Podcast. Um, if you haven't done so already, please, 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 as always, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on SoundCloud, leave us some, some feedback on what you thought about our preview for this year. You can tell us we're full of crap. Wouldn't be the first time we've heard that. Or you can tell us we're geniuses. Probably would have been the first time we were to heard that. Definitely. None- nonetheless... Look forward to part two of the podcast dropping tomorrow where we cover the Eastern Conference. But until then, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.